This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Just been looking on Facebook, my mate's launched his um, music video today. That's really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's been working really hard on this album. So yeah, he's been in the studio since October. His album's basically nearly ready. And he's had a music video made and everything. If you saw it online, I don't know, MTV, you could think, yeah, okay, that's a music video. It's pretty good. It's interesting talking to him because a lot of the conversations, it's almost like he could come on this show and talk about it. Almost like he's a developer making an app, but it's not. He's a musician making an album. Yeah, yeah, because you're talking about a, a creative process from end to end and also that sort of streak of indie. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that he's been saying is that, you know, when he goes and plays in a pub, he turns up, that's like his work, almost like the equivalent of contracting. Yep. Or or like having a day job. And then this is like, he's like, I don't know if people are going to like this. Like, I'm going to spend ages on it and put it out there. And are people going to buy it? Are they going to, you know, and it's like, yep, this, uh, there's a lot of crossovers here, isn't there? <laughs> With Moment like of truth. A... Yeah. Uh, that, that's, um, that reminds me of something that's been going on in my life here. And that's that the, my wife, Tabby, she's, um, she's just finished writing her book. She's been writing a book now of, of sort of short stories for the last, last few months. Uh, probably since sometime in December, I think, if not a little before. Um, so she's been like head down with all of her free time, just sort of getting this this book sorted out. Uh, it's it's been quite an effort, and and just sort of pulling that together. She's self published, so that's gone through Amazon, and she's put it on uh, Smashwords as well, which then syndicates it off to things like um, Apple Books, and. Yeah, it, the parallels with indie app development uh, are quite strong. You you feel quite vulnerable, don't you? That's kind of the impression I got from him is that he it took him a while to realize that although he's playing the guitar and he's singing just like he does when he's in a pub, this is different now. And it's that same thing, isn't it? When you yep. go to like a, a day job as a coder and then when you sit on your own to think about your own project and your own app, it's it's worlds apart even though you're doing exactly the same thing but it's it's almost like you have to bring the creativity which i think yeah. is the the challenge isn't it? it it is so there's that side of it and and that's you know sort of stepping out of that um that mold as it were uh, um just sort of doing one particular thing um and then you know you like you say you've got to put on the the creative hat you've got to start doing I mean, for app development we've got market research marketing all of that sort of thing in there as well and user experience and parallels i guess for for music videos and for um for self-publishing books is that when you've got the product you've got to market it you've got to put it out there into the world and sort of find its niche find its 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 readers its listeners its its viewers uh and kind of you know, make sure it actually reaches the people who would actually be interested in it. And that's that's hard work. And that, that's more than just doing the bit that got you started in the first place. Yeah, I really hope it works for him because I kind of feel like a bit burnt from the whole app thing. <laughs> I've been like, been trying for years and not really cracked it. But I haven't had to put any money up. Not really. It's been time more than money. 
Yeah, and I don't really see the time as being a problem because what what else would I be doing? I'd be faffing around on a laptop playing a stupid game or something. I might as well be doing some coding, which I find as enjoyable as playing a game. So I don't really yeah. think of it as, you know, oh, my time is money or anything like that. But, yeah, I can just tap away on a laptop and I have an app come out, whereas he's had to pay for studio time, paid for CDs. He's just, everything seems like there's a cost associated with it for him. Okay, let us let me ask you this. If you had to put up £8,000 to make an app, would you do it? Wow, yeah. So that's, that's a consideration. If I thought that I was genuinely going to make that back in terms of um, subscriptions, revenue, that sort of thing, then I think I'm in sort of 60, 60 40. So As in 60, 40, yes. Yeah, so somewhere over the halfway line. Um, it would take a lot of consideration, and then that would probably swing quite a way upwards if I didn't have things like um, kids to support and that sort of thing, right? So, yeah. so that sort of weighs my my risk averseness a bit there. I don't think I would. No, it's it's a funny one um, because it's it's very much not a dead cert. You're trying to break through sort of multiple levels of. Um, of friction, if you like, to sort of find people who are going to be interested in in your product. I tried to work out what my my startup costs were for RoboHeads. I had the Mac that I'm using now. Really, um, that that was necessary because the the Mac I'd had prior um, was was getting so old. And I mean, I really did buy the the. Um, this Mac as being my sort of indie development device as well, whereas prior to that, the Mac that I'd had had been bought for using for running um, live visuals. It was my my VJing device. I ran video on it, mm. um, so I hadn't bought it with um, with coding in mind. And it was at one stage it would have been quite capable of Xcode, and then by the time I was getting into app development, it was already starting to sort of flag really in some ways. So the machine I've got now, um, the, the this aging 2013 13-inch MacBook Pro was the machine that got me into app development and then into indie development. So I, I could argue that, you know, at the time that was definitely a, a cost of running. Mm. And then there was very, various books and things I, I, I got as well to sort of help me learn and that side of stuff. So there were some costs, you know, it wasn't just time. Uh, there was an element of I would have had a Mac in the house anyway, you know, for sure. That's where I start to get a bit weird with it all, because then they say, oh, well, what about your, your your internet connection that you pay for every month? That's a, a business cost. It's like, yeah, but I have internet anyway. And <laughs> yep. does doesn't matter what traffic goes over it, whether this is internet, like business traffic or like personal traffic. It's like I still pay for the internet that just comes into the house. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a Mac anyway. I Yeah, I mean, maybe a I've probably bought a couple of books, but they were birthday presents. Um, for me, the the real like kind of costs that made it feel real starting up Root Digital was having to pay the accountant fifty quid a month. Yep. Um, so it was almost like ongoing costs versus startup costs, but they were new ongoing costs as a result of the business being started. Yeah, I think I felt the same way about the uh, domain name registration and web posting and that side of stuff. That th- mm. that was my first. Uh, okay, right. I've got, I've, yeah, I've got something I'm supporting here, uh, and even that I paid for 
personally for quite a while up until there was any actual app revenue to to pay otherwise right that that was a mm-hmm. a thing and and I would have had it anyway because I was interested in seeing where the idea went and if you think about this you pull the threads on what we're saying here we did actually invest in our our stuff we did invest in our products sort of ahead of time with a little bit more than than just time yeah. you know with it, so you add all these things up together and they are kind of startup costs and that sort of thing but it is the equivalent of the musician is going to buy his guitar and play it regardless of whether he then goes on to play an album and and record an album and and sell that you know sort of it, you you would be doing it anyway um so it's, it's very hard to sort of split some of this stuff up yeah there's a minefield isn't it once you get into it a little bit yeah, yeah. And, and and i think as well I, I would sort of add into like um costs that are about more than just more than just you sitting there in front of a computer as well is that i've sort of been thinking well for indie app development there are other costs in terms of like when i'm really trying to get something out of the door and that's taking up family time that's that's an expense that's an opportunity cost of sorts there right if you want to look at it really quite deep it is um but again i would be doing something or other i wouldn't always just be doing family time you know I'm, i'm we we are allowed to have hobbies and interests as well as as, as rounded human beings and that sort of thing yeah that's kind of where i've landed i think yeah like this is my equivalent of like i know people that go fishing and they spend an awful lot of money on fishing i I, I don't like fishing but um this is my my fishing that's kind of the way i look at it and if it comes to something it comes to something and if it doesn't now it doesn't that's kind of i think i've kind of made peace with that now and a big part of that was getting rid of like the company that was sort of looming over me because, like you say, those costs every month they were starting to get me down at a point, and especially when the income was less than what was going out, it was like, oh god, like I've got to do something here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, feels feels good again, and it's kind of feel like I've had a enough time, especially going back to a day job to kind of distill it all a little bit in my head. Yeah. Now I'm a bit clearer about what it is and what I'm happy with it being and not being, um, which is probably as important that's awesome as it's good to sort of bring it full circle like that i think so yeah and like now when i'm sat of an evening coding in xcode it's like yeah i'm I'm just i'm having fun and i hope that a decent app's going to pop out the other end um in fact i'm very confident a decent app is going to pop out the other end and i think weirdly now the pressure's off that is going to help a decent app come out the other end more so than it would have done when i was under the pressure of having to make profits and expenses and you know business stuff if you're following so you're coming back, coming back into it all. Yeah, just kind of nibbling away at it here and there. But yeah, just like in the evening time, Oliver's starting to go down a little bit more reliably now. It was only like maybe two or three weeks ago that you could be going up and down every five minutes for like an hour after bedtime officially started, if you see what I mean. So you put him down and then it's like two seconds later, he's crying and yeah. that, that could go on till half nine, ten o'clock. And by which point it's like, well, yeah, should, should we just go to bed now? Because this is pointless just staying up doing this um yeah but now he seems to be settling a little bit i mean like last night he was settled by 20 to 9 right so yeah that's kind of like okay now we actually have some some time um it's a strange feeling so yeah kind of just nibbling away at development really getting my head back into it because i have been out of it for 
well, I guess since January, really. Like, I kind of, Oliver was born in December, then I started the new day job. And between those two things, a new job and a new baby, I was just didn't really have the headspace to really open up Xcode. I wanted to in January, especially. I kind of felt like, oh, I'm, I'm not doing anything here. And I could feel that I wasn't doing anything. I was actually like, okay, that's, that is okay to, to not do it. Um, yeah. A, because it's, you know, this is like, I'd, I'd agreed to myself, this is kind of a hobby now. And yeah, I, I obviously new baby around, kind of got to cut yourself a bit of slack. So you really do. Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of February went by and March is gone. And now, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm ready to do a bit more again now, which is, which is cool. Just small steps. This is, again, it's one of those things, having not looked at your code for like two months, it's kind of that like present me shouting at past me in a couple of places. <laughs> um, although yeah. not as much as I used to, so I guess that's progress. Right, so we were going to, last week, discuss the the hardware that came out, um, but then, of course, we had the Apple event to talk about, so that obviously took up last week's show. So we're going to revisit that hardware this week, so kind of two weeks behind schedule, so apologies for that. Um, so we had quite a week, really, uh, in the week before the, yeah. the uh, Apple media event. Um, kind of lots of little things staggered out over the week, um, which I thought was quite a nice way of doing it. I can't exactly remember in which order things came out now because it's been a little <laughs> while. I think it was iPads. Um, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I feel like it was iPads that came out first. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we got the iPad mini and an iPad air. So what do you reckon? Um, I'm really impressed with these. These, these are good additions to the lineup, I think. Um, yeah. This now means every iPad can run a form of pencil, whether that's like the first pencil or, or the, um, the newest one that the most recent pros support. So pencils ahoy everywhere for iPad users if they want them. Yeah, and that's uh, good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much. And and the entry levels are now are now quite interesting. So we have the original sixth generation twenty eighteen iPad, as it were, that sort of started this this most recent wave of um pencil supporting lower end iPads. That's starts at $329 now and yep. a little bit above that we now have this new mini so that's entered at 399 mm-hmm. and for the updated air for the air 3 that that's gone in at 499 so this is sort of like um these different tiers here you're paying slightly more for the the mini which i think is probably appropriate because it's a little bit faster than last year's um base level ipad and some of the screen is a little bit better um, in terms of its quality and that sort of thing. Um, so there's so that's probably positioned about right. I think overall, it, it reminds me very much of where the uh, the Mini Four came in actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it means that for somewhere ranging from around about just over four hundred. US dollars if you went with the 2018 iPad and its entry model plus a pencil you you can have that as a setup and you probably Which get is great isn't more. it it is it is and and it's um i think it's super valuable to have kit at that end of the spectrum because that's potentially where um artists and and and, and that end of people are if you think about it in terms of sort of just wanting to have 
the pencil itself to to play with and get started with, but not necessarily wanting to spend an absolute fortune just sort of getting set up on all of that. You know, um, yeah. it's good to have these devices there. So, yeah, and I, th- I think they're they're pretty respectable just in terms of the chips that are inside them and you know, A12, and isn't it? Yeah, similar to to last year actually. So the the iPad went with an A A10 which I think was distinct from what was in the, the iPad Pros. So th- was that a case of the, the iPad Pros had an A10X? Oh, blimey. <laughs> I can't I'd remember. Have, I'd have to double-check, but certainly the current iPad Pros are using an A12X. Yeah, and these so are running think, A12, aren't they? Yeah, so I think that's pretty much the delineation, is is that the Pros are getting the the faster ones, they're getting the ones marked with the X, and then these models are getting that sort of stripped down a little bit. I think for me, the interesting thing was how Apple are now sort of reconsidering how they use the word air with their line of products. It's almost like air now means middle of the range. Yes. Whereas roll the clock back to when the MacBook Airs were out. I mean, air literally kind of meant, you know, as thin and as light as air kind of thing. Look how thin and amazing these things are. Whereas now it's like this is just the middle tier. Mm. Um, You've got like product name at the bottom yeah, rung of the ladder. Then you've got product name plus Air in the middle, and then you've got product name plus uh, plus Pro at, at the top. And I think it makes quite a bit of sense, especially as I feel like with the MacBook Air, the new one that came out in October, I was very surprised at the time that they called it the MacBook Air, given that we had a 12-inch MacBook that was very, very similar to it, albeit it was 12 inches instead of 13. And... Yeah, I, I I think there's a lot of sort of value associated, like brand value associated with like the the name Air, and yep. I think to have that in you know occupy the middle range, it almost perhaps tempts people just to move up. If you were initially you start shopping around and you know for the just for the iPad or just for the MacBook, and then you see oh there's an Air, and I think there's a lot of brand value associated with that Air, and it might. Yeah, just for some people might just get you to creep up to that next model. Yeah. Um, so I think that's interesting how it's become like the 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 purpose of the word air on the end of a product is now very different to how it to how it began. Just just an interesting observation, I guess. Yeah, and it doesn't detract yeah. from the pro either. No, you absolutely know, it, not. No, it, it sits in that space, and and the pro is very much obviously like you know as high as you can go, sort of thing. It's good. It's good that there's an iPad for everybody. It's very kind of in line with Tim Cook's Apple, I think, where you know the product range has been, you know, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. <laughs> uh, help me out here. It's been broadened. Broadened, yes, it's been broadened. So yeah, there, there's something at each tier, isn't there? It's not like the iPad is necessarily expensive or it's cheap. There, there's many iPads now. I mean, it used to be that yeah. there was just iPad and iPad 2. And now there's, you know, many ranges of iPad. And I think that's brilliant, really, because it's um, it's a computer, I think, that is very, very accessible. It makes computing accessible to people that otherwise might not be able to get on with computers. I mean, just I have to only have to look at my immediate family that have struggled on with laptops for years. Um trying to wrestle with the file system and you know don't don't even try and explain copy and paste because that that's just like too far um 
Where, whereas iPads, now they all have iPads. I, I never hear from them in terms of tech support, that is. Um, yeah. And it's great. They feel it's given them so much confidence um, and they can just get on with what they want to do. And mostly that's communicating with each other and keeping in touch and looking at photos and emails, internet, that kind of thing. That yeah, laptops could do all that, but they certainly didn't make it easy for them. Whereas now they, they, I think the biggest thing is is that it's almost like they feel like they can't break their iPads. Whereas before with the computer, it's like oh, I better not touch it, I'll break it. It was that kind of attitude. Yeah. And I think the yeah. iPad's done an awful lot to take that fear away from them. I think that's brilliant. So the more people that can get iPads and get the right iPad for them, you know, at the right price point, uh, that's that's great. I think this is a great range of iPads. Yeah, it's, it's it's looking quite solid, and that broadening of the lineup for me, I think, is a broadening without it becoming fragmentation, which yeah. I think is is quite important. You know, there's, there's a sort of spot for everybody, if you like, in terms of the lineup, and and I think that's that's really quite good. And, and yeah. the entry level on these as well now for the mini and for the air, they start with sixty four gig of storage, which I think is is a good uh, bump decent, on all of them. Yeah. yeah. So that was was that Tuesday that the iPads came out, and then I think Wednesday we got iMacs. I think I'm right in saying. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm going to go with that anyway. I can't. I can't remember, and I was certainly not paying attention for for iMacs. So. <laughs> well, I I was sort of paying attention, but mostly I was just relieved because um, I knew I felt a certain amount of pressure to sell my iMac um, because I felt new ones were coming. I didn't think it'd be this quick, and I think they were only like two or three weeks after I sold my iMac. Um, right. Had it been that, had I known it was going to be that close, I'd have been sweating a little bit. I think, like, because it was looking like it wasn't going to sell at one point, and then at the last minute, someone came through and had it. But, um, yeah, definitely glad to have gotten rid of that iMac when I did, because I think these iMacs would have significantly devalued it. Um, yeah. I don't know by how much. I haven't really checked the second-hand market for that model now. Um, but yeah, good to have gotten rid of it when I did, I think. Part of me felt yeah. bad for the guy that bought it, but um, I guess that's, you know, he he was he walked into it with his eyes open, so I don't I don't feel like I deceived him or anything. But No, he's happy with, with his purchase at the time, right? So Yeah, and he struck me as a kind of guy that just wouldn't have, he wouldn't be keeping up with what what's out now. Um, probably completely unaware there are new IMAXs and his life will go on and he wouldn't you know, care in the slightest. So, yep. yeah, I, I guess that's that's fine. But no, I thought it was a good, good spec bump. Every iMac now starts with a 6-core i5 and you can go up to an 8-core i9 on the 27-inch, which is uh, pretty decent. Um, looking at Geekbench, uh, the 8-core i9 outperforms the base model iMac Pro. Not by much, but it it is like just slightly above it in the in, you know in those charts they do. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, although I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. Is that the base the base base model still comes with a fifty four hundred RPM spinning disc oh, on no. the twenty one point five inch? And yeah, to me in twenty nineteen that's not acceptable. I don't think. Not oh, really. that that just pains me. <laughs> That, that that just feels like that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, it's not right, is it? I don't think. Um, no. Although, I was listening to an episode of Upgrade and one of the product uh, managers for iMac came on the show 
and spoke about it and I can I can almost understand why they did it now why they left that iMac there with the spinning disc to hit a price point and it was a good price point I forget what it is it's like a 10.99 or 11.99 so it's reasonably affordable as Macs go yeah. um and the point they made was actually there's a lot of businesses that just want an iMac almost to have it on show yeah and I thought about this and I thought yeah actually because like I forget where I was. It might have been I walked past like some fancy hair salon or something, and that you know they'd done the place out really nice. It's clearly a high end place. It's going to cost you a lot to have your hair done. And on their little reception desk thing, I saw as I walked past there was an iMac, and actually that's that's kind of that fits, doesn't it? That that it all seems right. It's like a high end place. They've got an iMac on the counter. Whereas if they had you know like a cheap Asus monitor or an Acer monitor with a, you know a cheap cordless wireless off. mouse hanging off of it it'd be like oh this feels a bit disjointed you've got this really posh salon and this kind of hodgepodge of Windows PC plasticky components on show here um, yep. so I do wonder whether that machine exists with that kind of hard drive in it because the people that are using it really aren't going to be using it that intensely it's m- mostly just to kind of stand there and look pretty in a way and it'll be which, running a, a web browser probably Probably, yeah, like booking appointments or, you know, in the context of that hair salon, just running safari all day, and that's probably going to be it. Um, I mean, you have to ask yourself at that point, if that really is all you're doing, why are you spending £1,100 on on an iMac at all? Could you not maybe get a 329 iPad and have it there semi-on show to look the part? I I don't know. Which some places do do. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we've we've got a bit of that going on here in, in Wellington. And and again, we've we've got the places running a, a an iMac. Um, again, it is typically hair salons and those sort of businesses, and then other businesses are running the running iPads. Um, so it's definitely a, a sort of it's quite a uh, a specific niche there, I guess, for that that model of um, of, of iMac. You know, we're sort of talking upmarket hair salons and, and businesses like that. Um, yeah, yeah, using them as as, as stuff on the, the counter. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. I understand that as sort of being okay. Well, those people really don't need um, the the SSD, uh, but it does still pay me. You know, the, there are people going into Apple stores who really don't understand, and they think they're getting, you know really good machine in that respect and like that that it's, it's gonna last them for a while because it's a mac and everything else and that drive just slows it down it's it's a, a millstone around the machine's neck if you try and use it for anything other than just booting up safari yeah so. i mean i remember when i swapped out the one from my macbook and put that ssd in it it was it was such a difference um and yeah, to think that those drives are still being shipped in brand new computers now. It's almost, it'd be nice just to not have any spinning discs in the lineup because then in a way, even if you are that person that goes into the Apple store not knowing what you're buying, you can't go too far wrong, can you? Yeah. Yeah, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to walk out with something that's got an i5 and an SSD and 8 gig of RAM. That's, yep. You're probably going to, you're going to be all right, aren't you? There's no, you know, <laughs> but if you walk out, part, with, yeah, yeah, for the most part, you're going to be fine. You 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 may have paid the Apple tax and spent a little bit more than maybe you needed to, but you're going to be fine. You've got something decent. But where you walk out with a spinning disk hard drive like that in 2019, that's yeah, that's that's not on. I don't think. 
but yeah, what what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> so then I think Thursday. I say it's. I haven't got a clue. I can't even remember. We'll go with it. We'll say it's Thursday. <laughs> we got we got the new AirPods at long last. Yes, AirPods two. Are you, are you going to get any? Because I know you were talking about it a few shows ago. You were kind of like um, pondering the thought. Yeah, we've we've kind of, um, as a family unit, we're in a position at the moment where I'm not going to spend out on anything too flash for myself for a little while. So okay. I'm probably six months away from that. Um, we're, we're just sorting out all the residency and stuff here in New Zealand, and that's going to have some associated costs. So not now. Oh, uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but definitely have my eyes on them uh there especially with the update as well so yeah i think the things that really sort of stood out for me is sort of people reporting back saying that the the speaker quality uh sounds a little bit better uh the battery life is a bit better as well uh so those are all things that sort of feel like to me hmm, this is good this this reminds me of the watch actually in terms of that sort of bump from from series naught onwards yeah, so. I mean, ha- having had some now for, blimey, well over a year, I, I haven't found sound quality to be an issue, um, mostly because I listen to podcasts for, for the most part. I listen to some music and I find it fine. Um, the biggest thing, actually, that stood out to me from the list of features was the faster connect times. And... Again, like you mentioned battery life there, I've never, ever found battery life to be an issue with the AirPods at all. Um, and that's even with them being over a year old, because you're starting to hear on Twitter a little bit of people's AirPods now starting to flake out with the batteries not lasting long enough just because of age. Yeah. Um, but I've I've just never found it to be a problem. Like I can, I generally wear them for sort of two hours at a time maximum. Um, like if I'm out on a walk or, or something like that with a podcast on, you pop them back in their case, the case goes back into my pocket, and before you know it, they're charged again. Um, and you can generally get away with charging the case once every few days. So there's not really, you don't really have to remember to charge them. They're, they're quite good in that way. But the thing that constantly bugs me ever since I've had them is the connect times. I feel like a little bit, I was, I don't know. I felt like when they came out, everyone was like, oh yeah, the AirPods, you know, they're, they're magical. I heard that a lot, probably again, from Apple put that narrative out there but i think like these these magical things that they they just automatically connect <laughs> and they don't always i can tell you that much um right you know if i could if i was to put one in now you kind of put the airpod in and then you wait and you wait and you wait and then you might hear did it and then that means it's connected but i mean i've waited okay. for like 15 seconds for that to happen before right and sometimes it's like, have they connected? Have they not connected? Because sometimes they connect and you don't hear the noise and you could just press play on something and it will feed straight through the AirPod. Um, but then it's like you're in this awkward position. You either go into uh, control center and see if you're paired with them or do you just press play on the thing you've got on your like podcast player or your music app and risk having what you've got playing come out of your phone? <laughs> So <laughs> you can kind of find yourself in awkward situations if you're in public like that. I've had it before. I've, I've thought they were connected and they yeah. obviously weren't. And my phone volume was on maximum. And then all of a sudden, while I'm in a queue of people, like in the post office where it's really quiet, like John Syracuse comes out of my iPhone speakers at like full volume. <laughs> like talking about, I'm like, everyone looks at me and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> 
And like, what would you say in that situation? I'm just like, I just stand there awkwardly and try and <laughs> pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when faster and more reliable connect times, I think, is probably the biggest reason I would get these, I think, out of anything. I think the battery's fine, the sound's fine. Um, there's the built-in, I won't say it, hey thingy um, yep. that they've got. I can't see myself using that. Not really. A, because no. it's Siri and, well, Siri. And B, just because I think I'd feel like a, I'd feel, I'd feel a bit weird doing it out and about, especially if there's people around me. Like, I'm not, I, I personally, I would find it quite uncomfortable to stand at a bus stop and start talking to my headphones. And yeah, I, I just wouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I guess I understand that, that people do. Um, it's not something I would feel comfortable with doing, but I, I see people quite regularly talking away to somebody on the phone while they're in the queue for the bus, while they're on the bus and that sort of thing. Yeah, I find it a bit odd, actually. I think it, it might be a um, some sort of British mannerism there. I'm, I'm really not sure you know, in terms of how I find it odd. but I'd feel less awkward if I was having a phone call because it's kind of obvious to other people around you that you're on a phone call just because of the way the flow of the conversation. I um, guess, yeah. Because it's easy to detect when someone's on a phone call just on the way they're talking, whereas... It just seems weird, like barking commands at your headphones to, to Siri, essentially. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think I would use it. That being said, I've said I don't think I would use X, Y, and Z before, and then it turns out I really do once I've started doing it. So, then I, I mean, I can use Siri on them at the moment because you can say in the settings when I double tap the left earbud, make that play pause, and when I double double tap the right ones, make that activate Siri. Yep. Um, so I've kind of had that functionality all the time. It's just, you know, instead of saying, hey, I won't say it, um, versus double tapping your ear or, or the, the AirPod in your ear. Yeah. Um, which isn't really much of a hardship, is it really? Like if you want to activate Siri, just do it. I think the audio quality drops though for some reason. It kind of goes into like low quality, almost like a phone call style of audio. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Um, it's quite slow though. Right. But, I, yeah, I sitting here now. It's I, I wouldn't make a big deal out of the Siri stuff, but you never know. It could actually be quite cool once you get into it. Who knows? That reminds me of the watch again. If I think about how um, I've used Siri over on my Series Nought, which is you hold the button down to activate it. Um, I uh. think there's like raised to activate as well, and you can sort of say something into the watch to you, know, you can say "Hey, blah" to make it activate. Uh, but have I ever used it? And the answer is no, because that watch is now so slow. Um, <laughs> but also in in the the early days when I first bought the watch, I tried it. It was a novelty, and then it wasn't really fast enough, and the quality of what you got from Siri wasn't really there. So, yeah, like the the, the first generation AirPods, what you're describing to me there sounds kind of similar and and maybe this is something that is getting better with hardware updates maybe this is actually kind of that bit further along on on the airpods too yeah hope so. uh, yeah i'd I'd like to see it um i I feel like voice is something that's sort of i've not got into and i find that actually the quality of what siri gives just means that i don't bother with it 
and I do wonder if like there's going to be this this tipping point where um it is actually quite capable and I've been ignoring it for so long that you know I'm I'm the old man over at the side sort of thing who's <laughs> passed by by it um I don't know, just side stepping out of the conversation about the airpods for a second but my my kids were telling me the other day that they use Siri to play around with translations uh, on oh. their on their devices so I just hear Siri go off then yeah you may have done <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, um, but then that's cool, isn't it? Because they're finding uses for it. So, yep. you know, you you do have to be mindful of like what we were saying a few episodes ago, like old man yelling at cloud kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't don't want to be caught out by. It, I suppose I kind of feel like I'm on. I'm sort of staying up to date with the voice stuff purely because we got we're quite all in on the echoes now. Um, and while I'm a little bit uncomfortable having devices from Amazon in my house, the they are good. Like, there's no two ways around it. They're very good. Um, and when I, I feel like I've got something to compare Siri to now. Yep. And yeah, it doesn't stack up really, not really at all. But then I don't have a home pod. And it, I think the key with the echoes is that, you know, they're always there and they're always listening. Whereas with the watch and with the phone, they're not always listening. Um, it's a bit more hit and miss. Yeah, I mean, if you've got your phone in your pocket and it's kind of can't hear you properly or, or something like that, whereas if I'm in the kitchen and I say something to um, the Echo, it, it's going to hear me and it always hears me and it rarely gets it wrong and it rarely says, oh, I didn't get that or I can't understand or I can't do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you tell it to turn on the lights, it turns on the lights. You tell it to play a certain song by the Rolling Stones and within two seconds it's playing. Um, it's very compelling. Um, and I don't feel like I've had that from Siri, but then I don't know if Siri was in a tube and constantly on in my kitchen in the same way that the Echo is. Maybe I would feel better about Siri, but I'm not about to spend £350 to find out on a HomePod. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it, to be honest as well. I, I just don't see it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so <laughs> negative with Siri. Um, I, I guess I guess for me it's that I need to see... Uh, the improvement on the devices I've got before I believe that that the HomePod could really be worth it. Yeah, uh, if they, if they made like a little echo sized small little tube thing that the speaker wasn't as good and it maybe cost ninety or a hundred pounds, I would be more happy to give Siri a try in that context. Like you know, put it in the role of what the Echo is now. Yeah, um, but you know, having having Siri kind of on your phones or on your Macs and on your watches, I feel like it's just in the wrong place. That's fair. Because if if I'm using my phone, I might I can just like hit the Safari and start typing. Or if I'm using my Mac, I can, I'm really fast on my Mac. I can like whiz around it in no time. Um, the place where I, I'm, I feel like I'm hindered somewhat is when I'm sort of in the kitchen and my hands are covered in raw chicken because I'm making something. Um, but I want to start a timer or I want to change the music or I want to change the lights. Yeah, that's where I find voice is really coming into its own for me at the minute. I just don't feel like it's offering me enough in the context of when I'm have sort of access to Siri. And and yeah, a lot of that, like you say, could be the Siri's just not good enough, and that wouldn't wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if that was a large part of it. Um, but speaking of things that weren't good enough, should we talk about air power? Oh no, yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I don't know so much about the reasons why. 
that's been cancelled other than I guess they found it just too hard to make. Heat was what I was reading. Um, reading a footnote from John Gruber back from after the last iPhone event. So really AirPod, AirPower rather was a year late at that point because they mentioned it with the 2017 iPhones in that keynote. And yep. there we were at last year's event with no air power to be seen. And I think it was heat that could the multiple coils that they had to run through it to support multiple devices. Um, it was just getting too hot and it couldn't run safely. And apparently there was a lot of engineers within Apple that said from the outset, it's not going to work, it's not going to work. And there was enough engineers saying, we can find a way, we can find a way. And obviously they convinced the leadership at Apple that they would find a way and they should put it in the keynote. Um, mm. I think it should just be a lesson to them to keep their mouth shut, really, until they've got something. Um, yeah, that's tricky. That is tricky. I would imagine they must have really believed they were were close and that with enough buy-in, they could kind of put enough weight behind it to get there. And I, mm. I guess I can understand that that logic as well. Yeah, I guess for me, it's just that it highlights to me that I miss the old Apple keynotes where it used to be they would announce something and they'd be like, and you can order it starting today or tomorrow or Friday. And then yep. it seems like recently we've had a lot of, oh, it, it, in the fall or, oh, it will be available next year or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just like it. I'd like them to only talk about stuff when it's done, basically. Um, I think that's kind of a large part of the joy of an Apple event was they'd get you really excited about this thing and it's like, and you can have it right now. And that was kind of part of it. And I feel like that's yep. been missing a bit of late. So It's the same yeah. as the uh, we've been missing and one more thing and that side of stuff as well. That's, yeah. that's not really been a thing. Um, and I, I do miss that. I miss that sort of side of the excitement of, of an event. Uh, so I think it all ties, all ties with that. With... Air power, I think it's a shame, you know, that it didn't didn't manage to come out. I think it would have been quite useful for a lot of people. Um, it is interesting, though, that there are now quite a few decent sort of alternative options as well in terms of, like, um, just the range of different single wireless charging maps that you can pick up. <laughs> is, is that your alarm? <laughs> That's my phone trying to hurry me up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we leave it there then? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to have to go. So, uh... No worries. That's a good place to leave it anyway. Cool. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, also we have our slack channel we'd love to invite you to join our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out if you'd like to join uh, just leave us a message on twitter at wfr podcast and we'll get you signed up so dave before we run off where can people find you you can find me on twitter at dw roboheads that's robohead spelled with a z and you can find my apps at roboheads.com again that's robohead spelled with a z how about you, Dave? You can follow me online at davenot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore davenot. 